hello, and welcome to episode 55 of Friends of the Show. I am Stephen W. Skinner, and this is a podcast where I get to talk with some of the funniest people I know. And this week's friend is a very nice and funny Canadian playwright and traveling performer. He has been a great question asker for this podcast, and many listeners will recognize that name. And I'm, of course, talking about at Llama in a Tux. It's Kevin. And he explains why Llama in a Tux. Uh, he talks about meeting up with Twitter friends like me and answers so many really great questions from our listeners like you. So I hope you enjoy Friends of the Show, episode 55 with Llama in a Tux. Kevin. Um, yeah, there's not really um, an intro uh, for this season. Or is there? Remember this? I do, remember yes. Remember this little tune? I remember, um, I forget who it was, but somebody with a British accent was like, what a jaunty tune! When <laughs> it started playing. <laughs> yeah. And that's like, that's one of my favorite moments from uh, season one. Yeah, that was, a, that was a good one. Yeah, when people are uh, impressed by the, the podcast theme, it's off to a good start. <laughs> what a jaunty tune! A nice tune. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it was, uh, and then uh, on Suge Knight's episode, uh, when we were wrapping it up, uh, I started to play, and she said, you're playing a funky beat over my wisdom? <laughs> 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 that's one of my favorite uh, quotes from season one, Suge <laughs> Knight. Yeah, it was great. So I guess I should welcome you to the show. This week's friend of the show has been a great supporter of the podcast since it started, and I really appreciate it. Our guest this week is also very funny on Twitter. And get this, I actually met up with them in the real world. It's Kevin. I'm talking about Llama in a Tux at Llama in a Tux on Twitter. So welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you. It's so exciting to uh, to be on this show. I have listened to it for a long time. Long time listener, first time friend of the show. So yeah, it's great to have um, a long time uh, listener. So you can you'll know all the you'll know all the deep cuts, the inside jokes, <laughs> all the the podcast lingo. Yeah, I'm very excited. This is uh, very much like part of how I found joke Twitter. How I stumbled across so many great accounts that I had not heard of was by listening to your show. So. Oh, well, I'm really glad because that is part of the point of the show to get uh, all the my funny Twitter pals out there and uh, so everyone knows about them and all the great stuff that they're doing. So let's get into it. What great stuff are you doing? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, like online right now? Yeah, you're doing or a lot I'm... of stuff online. You're doing stuff um, IRL. Let's get to it. So what what what's taking up your time these days online? Okay, so my, my, uh, my brand right now is that I want to kill Peppa Pig. I'm not mm. sure how that started, but that's that seems to be my go-to right now when I tweet. Okay. Um, this, is a, this is a new <laughs> development. Uh. <laughs> I used to I used to have this running gag that I had a girlfriend who had left me to date a snowman, and that was like probably every second day I would go back and I would tweet about that, and the, the people dug that for a while. And now, more recently, it's been uh, it's been like far more violent than I'm accustomed to um, about a cartoon pig. Well, yeah. So, how did it get started? Okay, so yeah, we should we should talk about that. Your how the transition happened. So back in the day, or I guess sort of maybe when you started, you were tweeting about. Uh, are we talking about Catherine? Was that the person? Yeah, yeah. So I had like there are so many great accounts that are really consistent or really have like a 
a theme they run with, a narrative they run with. And so I had in my mind that I would like be this llama, physically a llama who wears a tuxedo. And I would tweet about my life. Uh, and so I had this whole character developed that he was like in grade 11 in high school, <laughs> dating this girl named Catherine, et cetera. And then, uh, yeah, she left me to date a snowman. And so then like all of my tweets kind of stuck to this like narrative. And then she ended up leaving the snowman for a cook named Archie. And then uh, maybe probably six months after that, then she got kidnapped by ostriches and I was like looking for her. Um, but I, I, I found that I would like, I found it really hard to tweet only on that because there were so many other good jokes that would come to my mind that had nothing to do with ostriches or whatever. So eventually I just kind of ditched the Catherine thing and now I just tweet about whatever. But I, I always like lack creativity and then I go back to some of the same themes or same jokes again. And so I had a big tweet recently about the fact that like there's, there's zoos and Peppa Pig. They go and visit zoos. And so I kind of implied that these zoos are filled with humans um, that there's like Peppa Pig is responsible for all these great atrocities. And so that's been my go-to recently is like, that, like people need to be liberated from the, you know, the tyranny of Peppa Pig. <laughs> um, so now when I, when I can't think of a joke, that's, that's what I get back to is, uh, is, I don't know, freeing the world from Peppa. Okay. I, I get that. I like that, uh, sort of explanation of it. How it started as sort of the driving force, like the main, crux of the content and then you, you sort of figured out oh i can also just post like the funny jokes now you've sort of yeah. found a balance where it's like when you need inspiration you can always fall back on the continuing narrative <laughs> of the llama tale and then when uh, inspiration strikes for hilarity you can just post regular tweets about other things uh yeah that's there that's a go. good good mix so peppa pig they got those weird sideways faces yeah, with and four eyes. That's what a, a lot of people reply in. Like, I get that reply a lot. Is that Peppa has four eyes? And that weirds people out. Oh, because of the her the snout. Like, yeah, because because she's always shown in profile, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. They're weird sideways faces. Yeah, yeah. Every time she flips around, then obviously there's eyes on the other side. So a lot of people like to point that out to me. It's pretty wild, actually. There was something this week about uh, the Simpsons. How it's like they always their eyes are always touching. Uh, unless they put on sunglasses and then a strip of skin in, uh, appears between their eyes. And uh, guess, uh, a lot of Simpsons like writers were like mind blown on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's crazy. Cartoons are um, not consistent. Not very realistic. It turns out. No, I guess you're right. Is this is this triggering? Wait. OK. What a, jaunt, what a this, jaunty tune. Is this triggering? Uh, no. Oh, that's the Peppa theme song? Yeah. The truth be told, like, I don't even watch the show. I don't even, I don't even know if I've seen a full episode of Peppa. You haven't seen a full episode of Peppa? I don't think so. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> they get on some wild adventures. Uh, I think the dad is my favorite <laughs> character. Um, I've seen a few episodes, you know, I got, uh, some nieces who enjoy, enjoy a good Peppa Pig. Uh, yeah, it's not the best not the best children's programming out there but uh you know it's it's gonna be on <laughs> right yeah i have i have a i have a couple of nieces and nephews but they all live in ontario so i see them very rarely so yes. my child my toddler content is on is at a low you know oh that's tough because the little kids are so much fun to, <laughs> to have around uh yeah and yeah. it gives you a, a weird uh, insight into 
like the world of little kids like what why are you watching this and why do you think it's good <laughs> like right yeah it's a family right. of pigs but also really what's going on here <laughs> my my good friend kurt who i uh record my podcast with has a couple little kids and their thing is pj masks so that's what that's what i'm an expert on is pj masks but i don't know, I don't know that one what's Twitter. what's the breakdown of pj mask what's going on there uh they're they're superheroes they're normal kids at night but then at, at or, or during the day i mean at night when they put their pajamas on they become superheroes oh. so their pajamas are their superhero costumes oh that's um, great and i think that means they never sleep like it's an all-nighter every night yeah that's kind of <clears throat> Uh, troubling for the kids don't kids need extra sleep don't kids need more sleep when you're growing right these ones they're heroes well i mean that's pretty good if my kid was out fighting crime at night i'd be cool with it it's good to know that our cities are protected by a handful of young children i mean couldn't hurt (laughs) i love to know that super villains are being like that we're sending you know five and six year olds out to face our super villains um so do you know do you know any other uh kids tv shows um a couple of the ones that i am familiar with are a paw patrol it's quite quite popular oh, yeah. you gotta yeah. you gotta have seen that and then also rusty rivets uh is one <laughs> and then oh, uh Ra- ranger rob they gotta be alliterative right <laughs> it's, it's if you're not alliterative okay. get out of here i'm talking Pe- peppa pig i'm talking paw patrol Ranger Rob, Rusty Rivets. <laughs> That's true. I never thought about that, actually. Bob the Builder has an older one, but uh, yeah. I mean, there you go. Well, but let's find ones that don't work. Dora the Explorer. Dora the D- D- Explorer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know any other. Uh, Care Bears. That was from. That was. Uh, that's still around, right? <laughs> that's, that's from like my childhood. Yeah. And My Little Pony. Uh, tele- Teletubbies. <laughs> Teletubbies. I mean. Yeesh. That's, that if, is wild. It's still weird to think about that. That was weird when I was a child, and it's still like, I don't know what was happening there. I don't know either. It was like they did this research of like what babies react to, <laughs> like bright colors, we, these gentle sounds, and they're like, well, let's just make a whole show that's bright colors and gentle sounds. And Someone pointed out to me recently, it. and I looked it up, and it's it's true that they are like eight to twelve feet tall. The Teletubbies are. They're gigantic. Um, they're absolutely huge. They're larger yeah. than life. <laughs> terrifying. Pretty terrifying. You know, I was once added to a room that was strictly Teletubbies gifts, and that was <laughs> the only thing. And if you didn't uh, send a Teletubbies gift, you were out out of the room. And I stayed in that room. I stayed in that room for way too long. I was in that room for like months, just like out of principle, like I will not leave. And it was it was horrifying. Um, I think it was Octopus Caveman that made that, right? It it might have been. I don't know. It was a while back, he, but he tweeted something like, "And it's like you know, reply to this tweet if you want to be added to it or whatever." And I just replied and was like, "This is horrifying. I hate it." So he added me in, and I was like, "Uh." I forget what I said. I was like, this is, this is awful. And they booted me immediately. So someone sent me that, the screenshot of that transaction. And I have, I, that was a tweet at some point. Oh, that I got at it. I was like, this is terrible. And then I got, I got booted instantly. So, well, it was terrible, but it was sort of just like, (laughs) I was testing myself to see if I could, I would like, you know, I would send (laughs) gifts to get a gift 
gift exchange going with Teletubby gifts. You'd have to like go off grid to find other ones that weren't in the the normal rotation of Teletubby gifts to keep it fresh. It was uh, it was it was crazy days. So I'm glad that I got to experience it, but also it was not good at all. I yeah. Well, I'm glad that I did not invest any time or effort into a Teletubby's room. Yeah, it was you were you were smart getting in on getting out at the ground level. You know what room I am still in and is still active is the teeth room. Mm. You got to tell us. We're talking about friend of the show, Lil Bear Girdle, and his famous tweet. Yeah, about- the teeth chanting tweet. Teeth chanting. Uh, and then I, I forget how it happened exactly, but somebody replied to the teeth chanting tweet, which if you don't know that, you got to go look it up on, on Twitter because you just got to find it. I think he uh, read it on his, like, his episode, so go back and listen to that yeah, ab- fateful episode. Um, someone replied and said, I don't understand your joke. And um, Bear was like, Brandon was like, I'll, you know, DM me and I'll explain it to you. Chuck, who's or- at Orange Fact, he was like, add me to that room. And basically, just in the reply comments, suddenly there were like 20 people who wanted to be in this room. And so they made a room, a DM room, with 20 or so people and this one guy who didn't understand the joke. And then basically 19 people just said the word teeth, 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 <laughs> teeth, 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 teeth. Well, this other guy would interject and be like, guys, I don't get the joke. Teeth, yeah. teeth, teeth, teeth. teeth. <laughs> And he would leave and we would add him back and like, oh, man. It was a whole to do. <laughs> yeah. And it's that was it's almost been two years now. I remember celebrating the one year anniversary. It's been a long time. And we still say the word teeth in there, uh, at least on a daily basis. <laughs> Not as busy as it once was. Right. But definitely obviously. still around. That's crazy. Those things I'd keep going forever and it's just really weird. <laughs> it's the one DM room that I've never left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So DM rooms, that's a pretty crazy thing online. Uh, you ever, you, so you're, you're a frequenter of DM rooms, we should say. That's, uh, you're not afraid to slide into those DMs. Uh, and that's part of how you, you know, make your, make your friends online, right? Yeah. You, you guys were talking about this. When we met in real life, it was me and you, Isabel Zatan and Todd, uh, Todd Williams. And I, I don't, I guess I never thought about it, but you guys were saying that, that as soon as you guys followed me back, I just DM'd you and was like, Hey, how's it going? Want to be in a room? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, which was, I guess I, I didn't, I didn't think that was unique. I just figured everybody did this, but you guys were like, wow, bold. And I was like, Oh, okay. I guess, I guess so. I just like making friends. Yeah. And see, that's the thing, right? Like you're not afraid of that, not of not getting a reply or whatever. See, I think it's probably why, myself i i would not or i don't send dms you know <laughs> that much is a fear of rejection yeah okay that's fair that's fair i guess it's like i well i'm fairly extroverted and i even like with my job i have to meet a lot of people so i'm not i'm very much the kind of person who will introduce myself to everyone at a party anyways you know mm-hmm. and i think that's a good um it's a good trait to carry over right like sometimes the internet doesn't necessarily allow for you know like oh hey everybody how you doing <laughs> but sometimes it does and when you can find your like-minded friends and folks who you know don't mind a, a nice dm here and there then that's even the, all the much better because all those people will get added to your dm rooms and they'll be your twitter friends i i have unearthed my share of, of drama doing that though Okay, uh, one, let us know. Here we go. We're about to get juicy on the pod. All right, start spilling. I had, uh, I had one room where, like, every time I met someone new that I thought was funny, I would just throw them into the same room. <laughs> so I'd, I'd be like, hey, how's it going? I think you're awesome. 
want to join my room? Sure. So I'd add them in. And the number of the number of times I added in like two people who hate each other or like yeah. add them in because they're blocked or like it just was it was I unearthed a lot of of terrible drama. Yeah, it's pretty Actually, crazy when you like you're you're friends with person A and then you're like oh look at this person B that they're great too these two people are also are both great and then you're like oh no person A hates person B and it is yeah. it is not good <laughs> it's, yeah. So I I've learned my lesson. I always got to you got to ask the room. Got to ask the room. You got to ask the room. Yeah. So so you um obviously run some some run some rooms, right? You got some rooms going. So what are some key facts factors? Yeah, let us know. What are the what are the good advice for how to do a DM room right? You got to ask everybody, right? Ask first. Don't just add. You got to you got to set the precedent too. Like you got to make sure that it gets up and gets going and like when you add somebody, you want them to like have a have an enjoyable first day or two, right? Okay, or, yeah, yeah. So you gotta. It just ends up being their unused room, <clears throat> right? The room will die if no one's yeah. no one's chatting, for example, yeah. right? So it's very hard to revive a dead room. Even yeah, you gotta try to add fresh blood. Be like, look, it's a new person in the room. What's this new person up to? And then sometimes it works, and sometimes it still fizzles. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, it's always been very interesting to me, uh, like DMs. I'm in a few DM rooms that I've been in for a long time, um, and they're great, you know, check in every day. Uh, and then some other ones I've, like, dropped out of over time. But uh, that's just it's just how it goes in the back rooms of Twitter. Yeah. I don't think you and I are in any rooms together anymore. Yeah, what the hell happened to us, man? I don't know. I don't know. All right, There's well, add me to a room. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't leave rooms very much anymore. I'll add you to the room that I add everyone to, and you can, uh, you can see if anyone has beef with you. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. That'd be a good way to yeah. Then I'll get them on the pod, and we'll hash it out. Yeah, yes. That's, what I, that's the podcast that we're missing. Two people who hate each other on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the, uh, I've had, we've had some, uh, we've had some feuding fellows on, on the pod, like one, you know, one at one time, one at another time. And then since, since their episodes, they've become enemies, <laughs> harshest enemies. I mean, it's crazy how, how it happens online. It's like, uh, it's a, it's a big world, but also sometimes it's small. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right, cool. So, yeah, you're doing Twitter tweets, having fun online. Um, are you on any other websites? Are you uh, are you an Instagram user? Are you? Yeah, uh, I've kind of become an Instagram user recently, and I don't I don't even know why. I don't like Instagram. Like, if if you are following me and I don't follow you back on Instagram, like it's literally just because I've probably never checked my yeah. notifications. <laughs> uh, but I've realized that, like, just realistically, like that's where people are. That's where money is that's where job opportunities are and like if i'm gonna waste my life on twitter uh or online i mean that i might as well you know be putting my content on instagram it takes five seconds to carry a joke over so all right so I what, what just do screenshots of my tweets yeah that's what i was gonna say so you're doing just uh it's just like twitter 2.0 just pictures of tweets are you doing yeah, any memes as well Okay, reposting some memes. Are you what? What are you using to do your repost? Because it always looks very nice. I think in your in your stories, You're, are you using a third party screenshot. app to to take a screenshot? Yeah, it's called InFrame, In-frame. Uh, and it basically just like takes the tweet and then like you you have to crop it and then it'll 
fill in the blank space. Yeah, because I see, yeah, I see people, a lot of people online who have moved, sort of mig- done the migration or like are half half on Twitter, half on Instagram, but really it's just pictures of tweets on Instagram. Um, but some people, yeah, make it look really nice uh, and have like the picture of tweet with like tagging the person on Instagram and like a little comment. It's it's nice. I I, I need to get better at. Um, Instagram stories. I've been trying to get better at uh, doing Instagram because, yeah, that's where the people have gone to. <laughs> it's, I guess, less uh, less problematic maybe over there. Yeah, maybe. I just, it's just like, it's weird how many. Like, if I talk to my real life friends, if I'm in, in a group in real life, and I'm like, "Hey, who's got Twitter?" You know, it's like one person out of ten or whatever. Um, and I don't know if that's my age bracket. I don't know if that's geographically. Like, I don't know what the demographic is, but. It seems like everybody has Instagram, which the numbers, the numbers seem to add up. I don't know how many hundreds of millions of people are on each platform off the top of my head, but there are more people on Instagram. Oh, for sure. Uh, And it's been, that's been my experience in real life too. So yeah. And it's been like, um, over the last few years, it's sort of just been like a steady trickle from all the different social medias to Instagram where like. Every time someone would come up, Instagram would like <laughs> add the good thing from that platform and just have it also, you know, it's sort of like, yeah. what, you know, Facebook and them, they're all sort of the same. Like when Snapchat appeared, Instagram's like, oh yeah, we can do stories too. <laughs> like we can right. just, we can just do that. You don't have to, you don't have the, the market on that anymore. So uh, it's, it's, it's sort of, they, they, they take the best of all the other ones. Um, so I think that's probably why most people uh, have migrated over there. So it's friendlier and that's pretty pictures and puppies and stuff yeah and it's a lot harder to find people that you dislike (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a lot harder for people to just wander across your content because there's no retweet button so you don't get a lot of people showing up who are like i adamantly disagree with everything you say right you know twitter has a tendency to to connect people who disagree Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) they're they're looking to spur debate uh on twitter and instagram's like just follow a nice hashtag. Follow a hashtag that you like. Right, right. Yeah. Hashtag Peppa Pig. That's what I should Oh, do. <laughs> hashtag Peppa Pig. Hashtag all your stuff, Peppa Pig. All yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you wanted to talk about your IRL life and your real job, because we talked about it a little bit at our meetup, and it seems pretty cool and crazy. Yeah. So I'm actually in a transition time right now, but I'll tell you what I've, I have been doing for the last five years. Yes. Um. I run a touring theater company. Um, so basically, I I uh, recruit actors. I write plays, write and direct plays, and then uh, they get in their vans and travel coast to coast across Canada um, and perform. Uh, usually, once once a day, like usually five days of the week, we have uh, we average about seven shows a week. Um, so one or two shows a day for five days of the week. And um, we focus on parts of the country that would have like at-risk youth. Um, so we work a lot in on uh, with First Nations. We work a lot in the inner city. Um, we work with all sorts of um, people groups that would maybe be just have less access to fun and free programming for kids. And so, yeah, I just do. I I travel a lot. I perform a lot. I teach a lot, and it's a blast. Yeah, it and sounds actually, so crazy. I'm coming to the end of that at the end of July. So, mm, um, so wrapping her up. Yeah, I just finished my last tour last weekend, and then now I have kind of two or three months to write an extra play to finish off some admin stuff, and then I'm handing the reins over to a new director. So, 
Wow. Finally hey. stepping down. Moving on. That's very exciting. So uh, are you looking forward to the next chapter? Yeah, I don't know what it holds. I don't have a job yet, but um, <clears throat> if anyone wants to hire me, let me know. Hey, what are you thinking about doing? I I honestly don't know. I, I think the plan eventually will be to go back to school, but I'm just going to work and make some money right now, and uh, I don't know what that means. I'm I'm not like a five-year planner kind of guy. I just roll as the days go by. So All right, well, we'll, we'll if any listeners have any uh, job suggestions for Kevin, uh, send them to the podcast at FOTSPod on Twitter. <laughs> don't forget to CC at Llama in a Tux. Or is it Llama? I, oh, that's a great question. I don't know. I think it's Llama. I, did, I think I misspoke. I always say Llama. It's a Llama yeah, I just, I, in a Tux. Is that a Canadian thing? Is that what that is? It could be. <laughs> Lama. I think that just slipped in, yeah, because we do the, the short A more often. Uh, is that true? Okay, like pa- pasta? People say pasta. Can I say pasta. I, yeah, Canadian do you people say pasta? Say, I, I used to. Oh. But oh. then I married an Italian. And <laughs> I was instantly shamed by her and her whole family for saying pasta. Okay, that's awesome. So you know what? I do not say it anymore. <laughs> I say pasta. All right. Well, I'm uncultured, so I say pasta. Well, that's okay. One day you'll Maybe. learn. One day you'll meet a nice <laughs> Italian, and they'll show you the way. Sounds All right. Sounds good. Sounds great. All right. So let's talk about the tweet ups. You're king of the tweet ups. How many people you met? Who you met? How do you do it? What's the worst meetup oh. story? What's your best meetup story? Yeah, I don't even know how many I've met now. I'm going to guess like 15 probably. Like it's been a few. I went to one in Chicago, like a big one. And I went to one, the Toronto one was just four, four, four and a half of us. Um, Sarah kind of came and left. And uh, and then I've met lots of people just one-on-one. And this summer I'm going to Utah. I'm going to go camping with uh, a big group. So yeah, it's it's good fun. Utah, oh, there's a big group out there. I'm talking about the Shogunite crew and etc. Yeah. That's very um, cool. Out has moved now. Never mind. I don't know. There's a couple people out there, and then some Texans are going to drive up, so it should be fun. Oh, getting multiple states involved. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's Pant Lake and Rob from, offline, Rob from online that are kind of heading it up. They're both in Texas, and then uh, we're going to drag some friends in. So it should be good. That's great. So how do you do it? So you've done it a lot of times. Generally run me through the process. I mean, I've obviously participated in this process, but I'd like to hear it. And for those people out there, the listeners looking to maybe meet some of their Twitter pals, uh, what are the key things to know? Um, I, don't, I, I don't know if I have a good answer for that. I think like, I again, I'm just very bold in the DMs maybe. Mm-hmm. Like I found out that a lot of people lived in Chicago and so last year, last summer when I was doing my holidays, I was like, oh, I should just go to Chicago for a week. Uh, and so then I DM'd all those people and was like, hey, want to want to hang out? Um, and it tur- as it turned out, there's like a, a DM room of all the Chicago people. Um, and so they added me to that. And uh, I ended up meeting maybe six or seven people on one night. Wow. Uh, that like we just kind of all went to an arcade together and hung out. Andrew Nadeau was there, and Yael and Bob Janke. Lots, just a bunch of accounts. Some who are small, some who are big. Uh, and then since I was there for the week, then I was able to meet up with people who didn't make it to the tweet up. I saw like home halfway, Michael and um, Janie, Atticus Finch. Uh, I saw all kinds of people. 
Sarah Joy Shockey, friend of the show. Friend of the show, Sarah Joy Shockey. And friend of the show, Andrew Nadeau. Yeah, great Chicago people. And uh, who else? Did you see the shiny bean? I did see the shiny bean, yes. It's still there. Is it shiny still? It's still shiny. I still don't understand it, but that's like, that's the art of cities, I guess. Yeah. It's like, what can we do that'll like bring people to a spot? (laughs) And it's, it's, it's nice. It's effective, I guess. Yeah. A lot of good photo ops, right? Um, I mean, Toronto built a massive TV tower, TV antenna, never dreaming that satellites would go higher. So I don't know. We tried to be practical and it didn't really work. No, and the thing that I always think about with, uh, we're obviously talking about the CN Tower, our uh, Toronto's great landmark, uh, skyline dominating, at one time the highest freestanding structure in the world. How are we going to take it down? <laughs> yeah, 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 it's just an of obligation now. It's like, um, yeah, it's like the putting it up is one thing, but it's like taking it down because it's like going to eventually <laughs> fall into disrepair and be a danger of falling over falling down how are we gonna do that it's gonna be a challenge a feat of engineering i do you have any just, ideas i'm gonna need the idea by my desk and take a chainsaw and chop it down like it's a big tree that would that would may work drop it into the lake drake's still um, sitting on the live, edge up top <laughs> you live in hamilton what's hamilton's uh what do you have a cliff face uh, Hamilton Square. What do we got? Uh, Jackson Square. That's yeah. I mean, that's <clears throat> a place here. What do we got? We have the uh, Royal Botanical Gardens. That's pretty nice. Oh yeah. I'm just trying to think. Uh, we have that. There's like a nice cathedral. Uh, uh, what do we got? Yeah, it's not a great pl- uh, place. I was talking about it in the earlier episode or. For the listeners, last week's episode with Cassie Cow uh, about how she lived in Hamilton for a little bit, but then moved back to Toronto because Hamilton kind of sucks. So, yeah, I guess we could say that Toronto might have the edge on uh, architecture and uh, landmarks. Hamilton does not have a great reputation, <clears throat> which is not entirely fair. Like, it does have nice parts, um, but it is it's like it's a steel city or historically it was like steel manufacturing, right? Yep, you got that right. Stelco still uh, here. So it's like... A lot of chimney stacks and so a lot of like coal grime, especially on the old buildings. Yeah. Uh, and then and it's, it's historically had such a poverty problem. So that's like the reputation, which is, I think, not entirely fair in 2019. I know it's uh, like tried to it's a little bit gentrified in pockets uh and there's obviously nicer parts and then there's like still grimy parts but it's a city on the grow it's a city in transition they uh they do a lot of um filming here now Uh, i think they filmed that recent netflix show umbrella academy uh like last year and yeah they're getting a lot of good high visibility projects so it's uh it's in a transition so i think it's 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 sort of working its way out of that i don't know if it'll ever shake that uh steel city uh, vibe but it'll it'll hopefully it'll be it's it's better than it was you know i have taught drama numerous times in hamilton uh to usually well usually with homeless people we we try to come and spend a couple of weeks and i am always impressed like hamilton as a city does a, a a good job with shelters with providing meals uh, like there's so many charitable organizations that you you can be well looked after or or reasonably well looked after as somebody who's hit a tough spot in life uh, if you're living in Hamilton. Well, that is good to hear because um, it definitely yeah. is an issue in our city. I mean, it's an issue in all the big cities, right? But yeah, well, it's good to hear that there are good services here, probably desperately needed. 
I remember being there, I think it was three years ago, and they had just – it was the first year that there was uh, – we were there in the winter. It was a cold night. It was the first year that there was no one on the streets because there was enough shelters. Like there was enough beds in the shelters for every person in the city. So they were kind of celebrating that as a city. And that's a, that's a, good, that's a good thing to have. Like, oh, yeah. Because uh, especially in Hamilton, if it's minus 30 at night, like it, it really is a very serious, serious issue of people sleeping on the street in the middle of the winter. So, yeah. Shout out to Hamilton Social Services. They're doing good. They are. All right. So do you have any, uh, do you have any uh, worst meetup stories? Do you have a meetup that went wrong? Do you, did you get lost somewhere? Did someone not show? Did the person uh, murder oh, you? Yeah, I skipped out on Isabel Zata, and that's that's a thing that happened. Oh, I yeah, friend I, of the show. <laughs> yeah, as a rule, like my my the tweet ups have been very very good, and I have always been very pleasantly surprised that like uh, I don't know people are in real life like they are online. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, there people hasn't been funny online or funny in real life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I yeah Isabel and I uh, kind of missed each other. I went to see her show in in Toronto at the Comedy Bar, and then I left her stranded in a bar. I don't know how else to say that. We <laughs> we miscommunicated and uh, and ended up leaving at very different times. So, oh uh, okay, the old miscommune. Yeah, that's all right. I did see her show, and it was very good. If you if you ever are in Toronto and you want to see good comedy, find out what Isabel's doing because she she does. <laughs> together good shows i believe the show is called hack couture and you can check it out in toronto at comedy bar and also follow it online on instagram they have great yeah. pics of all the shows and it's like a fashion based uh, comedy show where everyone wears wild fashions and they do comedy and it's sort of like a fashion show where it's judged <laughs> it's uh, yeah yes. i'm definitely i'm gonna go it was, check it, it out was soon. a blast i loved it all right, shout out to Isabel. All right, now we got a bunch of questions. We got to dive into these questions from Twitter. So thank you to everyone who has sent in a question to at FOTS Pod on Twitter. And if you want your question read, be sure to send them in next time. All right, we got a question from Malt. I'm talking about at Malt underscore Skull. I'm talking about our favorite Finnish friend of the show. And his question is. Does your Twitter name intentionally rhyme with the song Living in a Box by the band Living in a Box? <laughs> okay, first of all, I don't know if it's my age or what, but I've never heard of that song. Are you kidding me? Um, no. Am I supposed to have? Yeah. Okay. I'm young and dumb. And 1987. Where, Where have you been? Oh, yeah. 1987. Come on. That was... That was the year that I graduated from high school. You should you should have known. That was. <laughs> um, is that it? Is that the song? This is the song. Oh my god! god. If if this doesn't god. sound like the '80s, I don't know what does. I don't know. It, it kind of sounds like the '90s too. It's that late '80s, early '90s. I'm just going to let this roll until we hear the living in a box. I'm watching the video and it's actually pretty funky there. Uh, it's got like a guy in a suit is the lead singer, but the camera is all shaky. <laughs> camera work needs. I want to know, know if they say living in a, like, did they say living in a box? Yeah, they just like, said how it. How does that work? 
Oh, he does kind of say bucks. The Marina Tucks. I should write a parody with uh, <laughs> the name of Lama and a Ducks. I'm a um, llama in a very nice where tux. Where the tux comes from? Would that be helpful? It would be great, and it would be a very interesting topic, and let's get to that answer right after you answer Malt's oh, question. <laughs> uh, yes, obviously, yes. There, obviously. I say, if I, if I answer how my, if I explain where my name comes from, then you would know the answer to whether or not it was intentionally rhyming. All right, let us know. Um, so I, I have worked at summer camp all my life. Uh, or most of my life, and uh, I still do. It's very common practice at uh, summer camps, some of them, that uh, the counselors don't go by their real names so that children uh, don't know whether to call you Mr. or by your first name, um, and that way your director can be a middle-aged person, but there's no awkwardness, so they, if the kid is get, calling them a funky nickname. Okay. Um, so right. for years as a, as a program director at camp, um, my Camp name was Tuxedo, um, and that's what everyone called me. Um, that camp that I worked at, which is in Muskoka, shout out to Muskoka in Ontario, uh, is where they filmed It Takes Two, the Mary-Kate and Ashley movie. That's a fun side fact for Oh, you. wow. I did not know that. Yeah. And, uh, and then I – so now what I do in the summers is I, I work at a variety of different camps, usually teaching drama. Also, because I have now years and years of drama uh, – of camp experience, I, I – uh, kind of check in on on program and give advice and that kind of stuff. So I was at a camp and I have a shirt that's like a massive face of a llama. And I was playing basketball with these kids and they did not know my name. And this little six year old girl was like, "Way to go, llama!" Because um, that's what my shirt was. And so the everyone at the camp called me llama for the week. Just became a nickname that stuck. And maybe a week later, I made the the Twitter account. So I put the two names together. Little did I know or think about the fact that no one in, like would ever call me the nickname Llama again. Like That's not a camp name that stuck. Right. That was one week only. <laughs> um, but I thought it would be fun to put my two camp names together. As it happens, I should have picked an animal that I actually like like or know anything about because people ask me all the time about <clears throat> llama facts, and I, I don't know anything about llamas. But. Yeah, well, you have the shirt, so that was, the, shirt. <laughs> that was the crux of it. Well, thanks to the little girl for that great nickname. Yeah, there you go. So Tuxedo was actually the name that I went by, but uh, Llama is the one that ended up sticking online. So That's wild. Go. Yeah, Tuxedo is part of it, but it's more about the Llama now. <laughs> the brand yeah. has become more about the Llama than the Tux. When really- so I put Llama and, a tux, and tux together because it rhymes with the title of a song that I had never heard before. <laughs> Are you talking about... <laughs> Box. <laughs> I was hoping that I would be able to get it right on the living in a box part but anyways <laughs> thank you very much malt for your great question uh and then we got to listen to that great song so thank you very much everyone go check them out at malt underscore skull on twitter and now we get to the next question and this question is from our old pal marky doodoo at marky doodoo and the question is why is bread <laughs> I love that question. I kind of put him on the spot for that one. <laughs> is he was he a friend of the show? Not yet, Marky. Come on, bread is good. That's why. That's why it is. Boom. I love. <laughs> I love bread. I am the kind of person that Olive Garden fears. If you know what I mean. Like I love bread. Um, I can go through a lot. You're like I made un- an unlimited. Recently. That's not enough. Yeah, I dedicated an account to bread recently and i just tweeted about bread but i kind of got bored of it after a while so i don't i don't use it much anymore but 
I'm a big bread fan. Yeah, you love um, bread? Yeah. Yes. I I should tweet about this when I do it, but I, I do it a lot where I'll go to the grocery store and I'll buy a baguette for a dollar, like those big long ones, and then I eat it before I get home. And my roommates make fun of me so much for that because the the baguettes at the grocery store are like four feet long, and then I will show up with like six inches and be like, hey, guys, <laughs> here's this. Uh, I do that a lot. I mean, bread is bread. Bread is fine. There's a there's a spectrum of how, of how good bread can be, right? There's those delicious artisan breads and baguettes, like probably what you're talking about. And then there's like Wonder Bread, which you know is fine. Yeah, I wouldn't sit down and eat a loaf of Wonder Bread. No, but delicious artisanal baguette. Yes, get it I in, yeah. All right, well, that settles that. Thank you very much to Mustard Clown. I'm talking about the googly-eyed raven. It is Marky Doodoo. Go check him out on Twitter. He's bored right now. All right. The next question comes to us from that Dutch person, Spanky McDutcherson, at that Dutch person. And the question is, if you could leave uh, work an hour early, knowing your boss will make a co-worker work an hour late, would you? That is such a good accent. I applaud you. That's great. Uh, no, like I like work. <laughs> oh, yeah. As we just discussed, you're sort of your own boss. I am my own boss. So that's that is true. I and also like our work is to go and perform a play. So I can't imagine letting someone leave an hour early. That wouldn't do good for us. Um, <laughs> just uh, just doing the play with the, the other protagonist or, or just one half of the, the cast. It wouldn't. It wouldn't right. work. Listen, it wouldn't, wouldn't work. work so well. No, I, I, I'm happy to work overtime. I don't have a family or friends or anyone to get home to, so I'm happy to work more. All right, there you go. You wouldn't mind staying later, and uh, work, you'd work an hour late for free. Sure. Yeah. Why not? All right. Well, thank you very much to Spanky McDutcherson for that great question. Well, the next question comes to us from he called me greenhorn. That's at what's a greenhorn? And the question is, why is there a Dalai Lama but no Lama Dali? <laughs> That's a funny question because, like, I I'm sure there are Lama stuffies. Like, I'm <laughs> oh, there's definitely Lama stuffies, especially with the uh, onset of the popularity of the video game Fortnite, which features llamas heavily. Yes, that's true. I do get a lot of comments and pictures and such. Uh, Fortnite, Fortnite, Fortnite related llama. Do you play Fortnite? Content. I have been known to play it. Yes, I've played it. Nice, very cool. I downloaded <laughs> it because all the kids were talking about it, so yeah. I downloaded it. I played it maybe twice, right? And then I deleted. Okay, yeah. And then and I just to know, just to understand, right? Like that's why I did it at first, and then I sort of, you know, got hooked. I can play it. You know, they do cross-platform uh, matching. So myself, I am on the Xbox One platform, and uh, some of my friends are on the PS4 platform, and you can play each other. Um, it's the first game to allow that, so that was very nice. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Uh, you get to play with um, people who you wouldn't normally play with because of platform restrictions or whatever but Fortnite, they are uh yeah, making worlds collide or <laughs> i don't know how uh, they made it happen but it was it was very nice that they did so a llama dolly get get on yeah you got that does exist right yes and it should also be elected the leader of an eastern religion yeah very opinion. peaceful 
It's a very peaceful animal. <laughs> yes. Right, well, thank you very much for the question, Greenhorn. And the next question comes to us from Nige. I'm talking about at sensual underscore dad on Twitter. And the question is, what's the most sensual thing you've ever done? <laughs> I don't know if, uh, oh man, these are such tough questions. Yeah, you need to get real here. And <laughs> we want specific, yeah. explicit details. I wish I had a really, really good story. Share your sensuality. Um, the first time I ever remember hearing the word sensual was uh, the first time I ever did improv, which must have been like grade nine, probably, which is so funny, like the transition from being in elementary school to junior high to high school, the transition of innocence. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I uh, never had junior high. I went straight from okay. elementary grade eight right into grade nine high school. Uh, my year was the year they built a junior high in my high school. So we were the, the first, I guess. It's funny because you go from being like, shut up is a bad word, right? Uh, to <laughs> suddenly like learning everything. So I didn't know what the word sensual meant, which is, is just hilarious in hindsight. And I remember being in improv and they were like, okay, uh, I forget what the exercise was, but I had to be sensual on stage. That was the thing I was given and I didn't know what that meant. And someone was like, it just means sexy. And so... Uh, I forget what I did. I just remember it being very awkward and the teacher being like, okay, let's, uh, let's just move on and, and have no more of this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, um, students just, uh, <laughs> just yeah. strike that from your memories and, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll all agree to ignore that and pretend it never happened. Uh, yeah. So to this day, my best definition of the word sensual is just that it's another way to say sexy. <laughs> All right, listeners. So if you know uh, something's <laughs> what he should have done when the teacher asked him to act sensual, send us a quick video to FOTSpod. <laughs> Let us know. Yes, please. A sensual video. Yeah. A call for sensuality. All right. So what's your? So is that the most sensual? <laughs> Not yeah, knowing that's what the most it was. Sensual. That's the only time I've ever been sensual. <laughs> um, okay. So I guess that answers the question, right? Yeah, that's the most sensual I've ever been. Well, thank you very much for your question, Nige, at sensual dad, underscore dad. All right, here we go. We got a hot one. We got a firecracker of a question coming to us from the number one top friend of the show, at Jess OK Fine, the very first and one of the best. The question posed by Jess to you is, pineapple on pizza? can't believe it i can't believe that she would make me lose friends like this uh yes it's an easy answer the answer is yes Woof. yeah wow and is okay so you need to explain yourself are we talking about a hawaiian pizza invented by a canadian or are we talking about just cheese sauce and pineapple um no i'm talking about hawaiian pizza i i like, I mean, shout out to anyone who's vegetarian who can live that lifestyle, but there's no way I would eat a pizza without uh, meat on it. So Ooh. it's got to be, it's got to be Hawaiian. I got to have that ham. That's a hot take. Um, and is it ham or, yeah, I forget. Some, some, some places do it differently with, uh, yeah, that's true. Is that, okay. I knew that it was invented by a Canadian, but is that like, that is a universal thing, right? Or as universal as, as pizza goes, like Hawaiian pizza is, is around. Is it not? Yeah. Yes. It's, it is around. It's an option. And I think that's why Jess knows that it is a thing, uh, because it is available in places and a lot of people find it unnerving because of, you know, it's a fruit on a pizza. But I think those people are forgetting that tomato is a fruit. You got friggin' fruit all over the thing. 
they're intimidated by the boldness. They're yeah, not ready for the reality. Like it's just, you know what? It's it's bold, but it's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's like good. um yeah, things that are spicy and sweet or whatever. Whoever figured that combo out, I bet people were like, That's dumb. Either give me spicy Taco or give me sweet. We're like, yeah. There's hey. so many things that don't belong together but end up being amazing. So but savory and sweet. So there I you go. I also love Canadian pizza, which I guess I guess it's just a I don't know. Uh which is I don't even know what it is. Hamburger, sausage, and mushroom usually, right? What? Canadian I, pizza? Uh, I think it is a – I think it varies maybe to locales because I think Canadian pizza is normally uh, something with – it's like bacon um, on it, right? It's usually, a, it's usually a meat and then mushrooms. Okay. I don't know about uh, uh, Canadian-style pizza. Oh, that's, that's, the, that's the other way that I'll go. That was your. That's your B pizza. So A pizza is Hawaiian with fresh, yeah, cut B pineapple slices. And then, uh, if not Canadian pizza, I I would love to know if Canadian pizza is also universal. I don't know. All right, I'm looking at it. I just gave it a quick Google, and this says <clears throat> the Canadian pizza toppings typically include tomato sauce, mozzarella cheese, bacon, pepperoni, and mushrooms. Okay. Variations exist. The recipe is also known internationally by that name. Hmm. So yeah, Canadian pizza, mushroom, pep, and bacon. I don't know why bacon is associated with Canada. Like I know that Americans call it Canadian back bacon. Like I don't even like why. Where did we earn that from? I yeah I I don't know that how that all worked out. But uh, yeah, we have our own style of bacon. It's a pea meal bacon or back bacon. It's the bigger, thicker bacon. (laughs) It's good. Right. Yeah, but it's not yet. Like we have legitimately earned the maple syrup reputation. I don't know why bacon is is connected to us. You know, you know that's a good question, um, it, listener. If you have an idea why Canadian Canada is associated with bacon, uh, let us know. Hashtag Canadian bacon. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Jess, for that great question. Everyone got to go check her out at Jess Okay Fine on Twitter. And if you don't mind, go listen to her episode and her best of friends of the show, Super Friends holiday special episode, which is so much fun. Yeah, go check her out. She's the best. All right. Now the next question comes to us from Ray. I'm talking about at Sir Eviscerate. And what has he got to ask? Here we go. What is a smell that always brings back strong memories, good or bad? Okay, I was trying to think about this earlier, and uh, the only thing I could think of is like, do you know what I'm what I mean when I say like the smell of pain? Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm, no, please elaborate. Many people don't, but this is like a very real visceral thing that if I get, especially if I get hit in the head. Uh, like if I crack my head and there's going to be a lump, like a goose egg, a real solid crack in the head has like a very distinct smell. Like that's the sense that uh, is is triggered. And I don't know why, but that like that is the most vivid thing to me. And I've said this before and most people do not know what I'm talking about. So it's no surprise that, that you don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, nothing brings me back to my childhood faster than when I bump my head on something and I just get that smell on my mind and immediately I'm taken to like a thousand like bike spills, um, or like soccer games or whatever. And I don't know how to describe it other than that pain has a very distinct smell for me. All right. This is wild. Now we had Rachel Mandek on who has synesthesia so she can 
taste sounds and see different things and like it's the senses that are crossed so maybe is this a, right. the case of that or because uh is I, it like, are you just I smelling blood <laughs> you what I, like as far as i know this is the only this is the only thing for me like i don't have any other symptoms of synesthesia and it's it's just one of those like people talk about that you know that they that they see or hear certain things when sounds are played and like that's that doesn't even make sense to me like not that i think they're making it up but like it's just it's not something that i can even imagine um, or connect to anything in my brain. Um, and I, yeah, I, there's no other, there's nothing else that triggers smell for me that I know of. No that physical thing is so wild. Well, from what I can tell by science, there, there's 10 smells that we can detect. Fragrant, fruity, citrus, woody, chemical, sweet, minty, toasted, pungent, decayed. So which category does it fall into? Um... Wow, I'm going to say pungent. Pungent, so i.e. blue cheese or cigar smoke. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Or is it decayed yeah. like rotting meat or sour milk? No, that's no. it doesn't smell like that. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Well, looks like there is a weird connection between pain and smell, and science says you can smell pain. Okay. So well, looks like you go. heard it here first. You've unlocked it. Uh, so everyone go read the study published in the journal Nature where mice <laughs> were found to uh, have olfactory glands uh, with pain when they're sensitive to touch. Uh, that's pretty wild. You heard it here first, guys. There you go. That is the smell. The smell of pain brings back strong memories. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, so- I actually have a terrible sense of smell. So there aren't a lot of smells that bring me back to when I was young. Really? Because for most people, I mean myself, uh, speaking from just myself, the uh, s- the scent uh, and memory are very closely intertwined, and I'll sometimes just catch a whiff of something and be like, oh, my second grade teacher, or something like that, uh, <laughs> where you just smell I, the something. The one thing and... is like mildewy basements remind me of video games, because that's where our GameCube was, which I spent a lot of hours on with my brother. Right. And so that's another one, that a mildewy basement sucks me right back to... Legend of Zelda or whatever. There you go. Yeah, me too. Uh, Mildewy Basement. Uh, we used to play Nintendo at my buddy's house. The old Mild- the Basement <laughs> video game smell. Good one. It's a classic smell. All right. Well, thank you very much, Ray. Uh, everyone go check him out on Twitter at Sir Eviscerate. One of the best. And now we get to some questions from Todd Williams. I'm talking about at the Todd Williams Great question asker, friend of the show, one of the people we met up with, right? Yeah. That's and that was, that was so great. Yeah. <laughs> Isabel was there telling us what to eat. Todd was there also eating the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good night. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And we said we were there for hours, not letting yes. them turn over the table. No. And it was worth Eating it. Dips. Yeah, I was uh, I was definitely uh, exploring a lot of new taste sensations <laughs> that I don't normally uh, indulge in, and it was great. Same, uh, yeah, no regrets, and it was super cheap too. Like I would absolutely eat there again. Yeah, that was a great little spot. So shout out to Isabel Zatun, uh, great uh, knower of good spots to go to and knower of what to get on the menu. This this uh, this episode has become one big plug for Isabel. I mean, why not? Everyone go check out her, check her out, <laughs> check out her old episode, Friends of the Show. This was, that was the only one recorded live in my house 
face to face. That is one of my that's one of my favorite episodes. And it's because it's because it's live. Like there's a whole different energy because you guys are in the same room. Exactly. It was yeah, it, it was a definitely a different vibe. I was <laughs> extra nervous or something, right? Uh to to have her there. Um but it it, it was a lot of fun and uh, I'm glad that she was able to come come by. And <laughs> I can say that I met her uh multiple times now. Awesome. All right, so let's get to the question from Todd. The questions are three. And he says, I need to really get into your brain, Kev. Question (laughs) question one, mustache wax, yes or no, and why? Uh, Yes, definitely yes. Because it keeps keeps your mustache out of your mouth, keeps you from dragging your food through it. You don't want a soup strainer. You don't want to take the custard off the top of every piece of pie. So it gives you some, gives you a nice barrier. And if you grow it long enough, you can get that nice, beautiful curl, uh, which uh, I had, I rocked for a very long time. So if you, if I, if I went a day, my mustache is shorter now, but if I went a day without waxing my mustache, then I ate it like a lot and that is disgusting. So yes, always wax. Always wax. Well, that's very interesting. Um, I have always been interested in the, uh, the facial hair uh, (laughs) techniques of people. I dabbled with a mustache uh, last year for uh, like a few months and it was pretty wild because I can't really grow a beard. So mustache is like the best I could do. And it's definitely like living a different life, (laughs) like seeing a different guy in the mirror (laughs) and people, uh, you know, a lot of people noticed it. (laughs) So, but I did not get to the level where I needed to wax it. So, uh, but next time definitely we'll dabble in that. Yeah. I used to, I used to, um, wax it. I had a big curl and then, and I had that first maybe three or four years. And then I, I decided to change it recently. I watched Bohemian Rhapsody, which is a great movie. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to make it a Freddie Mercury mustache. So that's kind of more what I have now. Okay. Yeah. Um, The, for the Freddie Mercury mustache, it's a great, it's a classic stash. Yeah. It was time to change it up anyways, but why not go after uh, the man, the legend? So yeah, go. it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's always interesting. Like, are you a person who will have the like uh, waxed up curl on the end, or will you keep it more low key? And you have gone both ends. Yeah. Yes. I think. I think the next. I think once I officially finish this job, the thing first thing I'll do is I'll shave it off just to start a new era, oh, and wow. then we'll see what happens from there. Wow. Yeah, that'll be wild. Well, be sure to check in. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So second question from Todd. In what ways are you like a llama? Uh, I love to spit on people. No, that's bad. No, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I honestly don't right. know that much. You about don't know. This was we've discussed this before. You really screwed up yeah. by not knowing more about llamas. My the other actors that I work with will tell you that I do spit when I talk, especially when I'm on stage and I'm I'm projecting nice and loudly. They know whether I am well hydrated or not because apparently I'm a I'm a sprayer when I'm talking loudly. So and I make no apology for that. It's just the way I am. All right. I mean, <laughs> you got to project. That's kind of part about being an actor. So you think you yeah. so you speak from the diaphragm or something like that? Yeah. When I speak from my diaphragm, then I'm more likely to spit when I talk. Okay. So I guess that is a, a way that you are a lot like a llama. There you go. They also speak from their diaphragms. <laughs> yeah. I, how was your um how was your purchase on ledges on like high ledges oh fantastic i actually i love to climb things and i love to climb so i am not um it is not unlike me to go and sit on a high ledge so uh that was a was that a youtube video that you're referring to no i think it's just like a llama thing like they're always is that up a there. thing yeah they're up on the yeah. up in the mountains and 
in Chile, oh, yeah. you know, it's kind of their thing. The Andes Mountains. Yeah, they're like um, mountain goats a little bit. Okay, then yes, I would also love to climb mountains. All right, so those are two big ways that you are like a llama. Yeah, I guess and that- I have four four feet, so just like one. Uh, and then we get to the final question from Todd, and the question that Todd poses to you is, what was your most disastrous performance on stage? Okay, um, so I was in a play uh, that was set in a museum, and uh, we had a choir. This is when I was in college. Uh, so there was a it was a crossover event between the 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 theater program and the choir, and we had both both groups had rehearsed their parts, um, but we hadn't rehearsed together, and so we had kind of like a uh, three times in a row we had a problem where either uh, we left the stage and they didn't come up to sing their next bit, or where they came up um, and then. We, and we weren't done yet. And then the third time uh, we left the stage, they came up, but they had run out of songs to sing and they didn't have anything to sing. Um, so it was like just the whole the whole show was just derailed. Like it was very obviously bad, which thankfully it was a small audience and it wasn't at the college. So none of the uh, uh, overseers <laughs> got to see how terribly we had represented our school. And then uh, so the, to top it all off, so set in a museum, and it was myself and this other guy named Tyler. We had these very regal Renaissance costumes, the big puffy shoulders, um, big wide hips, um, berets. And we were meant to walk out nice and slowly, all poised and, and regal, and then strike these these poses um, as these – it was kind of like a – not Night at the Museum. Like it wasn't a comedy, but this, this idea that these uh, um, exhibits were coming to life and then – um, freezing again, et cetera. So we walked out, we freeze all nice and regally and the audience just bursts out laughing. And, uh, and it's not a, it's not a comedy. It's not funny. And I'm wearing this, this, uh, you know, this huge, nice costume that I had just spent <laughs> 10 minutes putting on. And I was like, in my head, I was like, Oh no, my fly is undone. Crap. My fly is undone. And the audience just keeps laughing. And I'm like, Oh man, oh, like, I don't definitely. know what's going like, <laughs> There does. So this statue, which is all fr- frozen legally or regally, comes unfrozen, takes a huge like I bent at the waist, looked down at my crotch and then straightened back up and froze again. There's no fly on that pads. Um, so <laughs> this statue, had, yeah, came unfroze, stared at my crotch. Everybody saw that what they were laughing at. And apparently Tyler, the other guy, had uh, not been able to find his black stockings. And so the pants we were wearing just came to, down past the knee and then there were these nice black stockings that came up he couldn't find his stockings oh. so he just grabbed the socks that he was wearing and yanked them really high Uh-oh. so there's like an inch between the top of his sock and his pants so he's got this beautiful costume and then an inch of hairy white leg and then <laughs> like a gray sock with a big red heel and now the red heel is like floating halfway up his shin right yeah um so he looked like uh, a doofus for the bottom 10 percent. everyone's laughing at this and i'm staring at my crotch and then yeah and and then you know the choir probably came up right after that and not saying anything like it just was it was a bad show sounds disastrous that was in saskatoon so if anyone saw that i'm so sorry sorry to our saskatoon listeners who were at that show not good not good not great but i i performed i performed like about 200 times a year so i have lots of uh 
lots of bad shows. They happen. <laughs> yeah, it happens. I mean, you're, yeah, doing it 200 nights, they can't all be gems. I have a lot of good stories from, uh, we do a lot of nursing homes. And seniors homes, nursing homes, those are, and care homes, those are often very different. But especially the care homes, if you're in uh, like a dementia ward or an Alzheimer's ward, that's a very unique experience, mm-hmm. um, which you know going in. And, and it's just like you're just there to to be a blessing, like just to love on people. And it's all in fun. You know, I'm not too worried about the show going particularly perfectly. But uh, we've had like I had a guy walk up onto the stage one time with his chair and he set it down right in the middle of the stage facing the audience and then just sat there for the the second half of the show. And so we just kind of performed around him. Um, but that's more just, that's more just fun. Like that's, yeah. you know, funny, funny to us. And, and like, we got a kick out of it. That's he was not, part of know, the show too. Yeah. He was just having a good time. Um, <laughs> but I remember, and the same thing, uh, uh, a different, um, nursing home. There was a lady who every time someone said a line, just, you know, every couple seconds, she was like, shut up (laughs) shut up shut up so it was like the full like 60 minutes or whatever like this woman was just shouting shut up at us the whole time which like same thing like bless her heart i'm happy to be there like you know that's not really that's not a problem or just a funny thing yeah she didn't ask Um, for you guys to be there (laughs) no and uh it's just that's just the the reality of of that stage in life and if you're you know, struggling with, uh, what Alzheimer's or whatever she had, like, and that's all right. We're happy to be there, but just, it is, it's very amusing as a cast member. It's not necessarily the most high quality performance, but that's not the purpose of it either. So, yeah. And you know, I gotta say, I really, it's very nice of you to, to do this thing where you're sort of like focusing on, like you're saying more, uh, underprivileged communities and places where they might not ha- have access to, to performances like that and people coming in and it's, it's very nice. So, you know, I applaud you for, for your choice of, uh, following that, um, that course, uh, in your life and we'll see what the next thing is, but this part was very nice. It was very nice of you to do that. Yeah, it's been it's been good. It's been a good time. Been a great time, just like this podcast. Let's keep it going. Thanks to the Todd Williams for those great questions. And now we get to the next question from Roxy Horror at RoxyQT on Twitter. And the question is, if you saw a raccoon shoplift, would you tell the police or would you let it slide? Just for you, Roxy, I'd let it slide. Just for you. Big fan of raccoons. You gotta go check her out in her new comic about <laughs> creatures of the night. So uh, go check that out uh, at RoxyQT on Twitter. And I think that's a good answer. Yeah, historically, I have very much disliked raccoons. And I've said that to Roxy before. Um, my my parents live in Muskoka, which I mentioned earlier, and uh, which is not where I grew up, but they live there now. And raccoons everywhere, obviously, sim- similar to toronto but worse and i just i despise raccoons but roxy has uh you know given me a new uh new view yeah she is the queen of the raccoons and i respect that um so i'm willing to willing to you know accept the little trash bandits or whatever you call them yeah trash pandas yeah yeah not right. a not traditionally a big fan but but for you sorry. roxy yeah, it's okay. Let it, <laughs> let it slide. All right, and we got a weird follow-up to Roxy's question from a different person. Robert Dandridge uh, asks, replace raccoon with person. Does your answer change? Absolutely not. How dare you suggest that I would condone crime? No condoning. Wait, you are condoning crime. 
Oh, I mean, <laughs> let it slide. You're gonna let it slide both ways. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, so yes, your answer does change. Yes, yes, my answer changes. All right, let's get our narc on. Unless it was Roxy, the queen of raccoons, in which case I would still let it. <laughs> All right, well, thank you to Roxy and, I guess, Robert for the questions. And we got a few more here. We got a couple more questions before we start to wind her down. All right, first question here comes from Mowgli at Howley underscore Mowgli on Twitter. Very funny uh, person on there. You got to follow him. All right, the question is, why did you decide to grow a mustache? Or were you born with it? I was born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Yep. You were born with it. That that would must that must have tickled on the way out. I <laughs> I had a tweet for a while that was like, "Where did you get your your handle from?" And I just I you know I quote tweeted and I was like, "I was born wearing a tuxedo. It nearly killed my mother." Something like that. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, same with a mustache. No, the truth, and this is actually this is embarrassing to be honest. Uh, but I was 20 years old. I was running my own company. I had multiple drama teams out and around and I was performing with them and booking shows for them and running the finances. And I'm not a business major like I'm not. Uh, And so everywhere I went every night, some well-intentioned person was pulling me aside and being like, are you sure you're, you know, you're up for this challenge? Like I'm overseeing all these, all these people, all these, uh, you know, other people, many of them are older than me. People were trying to give me advice and help me out. And I just was like, you know what? I'm fine. Uh, which in hindsight, actually, like I, I really should have taken their advice. I was young and immature and I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I felt like I did. And so my, my dad had done a similar thing because he, he looks like he's 13 without facial hair. So he has always had a goatee. And so I, yeah, I grew a beard, but my beard was, was super gross and patchy. So I made it into a mustache. That so it's literally sense. to look older, which actually is kind of embarrassing now. I'm ashamed to admit that, but that's that's the honest truth is is uh, I grew it when I started this company because people thought that I was a kid, which I really I was. Uh, but you know what? There you go. And that's what kids do to look older. You grow that mustache. You're a 17. <laughs> you can grow a mustache. You might be able to get a beer. <laughs> so that's, exactly right. I mean, it's a great, uh, great technique. And like I mentioned earlier, I gave it a try and I did notice a difference. So it does do something <laughs> like people, people who don't think you're 25 or whatever, or 17, depending on how clean shaven your face is. But uh, yeah, it's a good, I mean, it, it works. Let's say that. Recommend it to every listener of this pod. Everyone, show us your pictures of your mustache at FOTS Pod on Twitter. All right, we finally made it to the final question. Thank you to everyone who has submitted a question to at FOTS Pod on Twitter. We couldn't have all these questions without you asking the questions, and that is really great. So thank you very much to everyone. And the final question today comes to us from James at User James, and that's James with a Y, J-A-Y-M-E-S. And James asks, Ribbed condoms, whose pleasure is it really? His or Hoy's? Uh, I say, I say, if you really want pleasure, you should bring actual ribs. Okay. Chow down. I think it's, I would say like, uh, yeah. Eating ribs is more You mean like ribbed condoms way. like the condoms covered in barbecue sauce or what do you no, mean? No, no, I'm saying I'm saying skip the sex altogether and just eat ribs together and you'll both be pleasured. Okay, that's the trick. That's the trick. Ribs, ribs. for your pleasure. <laughs> yes. 
Well, that's my that's my recommendation. User James also has a great mustache, by the way. Oh yeah, User James got a great mustache. I've only recently been introduced to this uh, um, account, but it's yes, very funny, and the mustache is good, and long hair, flowing locks out the back. I wish I could grow. I'm balding on the top. I used to have long hair. And uh, it just became disgusting, and now I have to keep it short because it. The longer it gets, the more apparent it is that I'm balding, Uh-oh. and I, I, I miss it. I wish I could grow a beautiful mane. Do you got a plan for that? Do you got a plan for what you're gonna do? Uh, Are you gonna go full bald? Is <laughs> what I'm asking. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to before too long. Yeah. Um, I can still, I think I can still hide it right now with as long as my hair is nice and short, but. Yeah, sooner or later, I'll have to shave it all off. All right. Well, looking forward to that. (laughs) I might just roll with, like, the monk cut. Like, I might. uh, Yeah. Okay. All right. I get it. My grandfather, but 40 years sooner. Okay. Yeah. Just keep keep that sweet uh, back part. Yeah. The weird comb over thing. Yeah. I I mean, there's a lot of different uh, ways you could tackle it. So can't wait to see what you come up with. (laughs) Yes. I've had a I've had a history of bad and interesting haircuts which i have documented a little bit on twitter but initially when i would had first went from long hair to short i had a mullet in between which i did right before i got my driver's license photo taken which was which was intentional that was when i moved to manitoba and uh so my driver's license photo has this beautiful i waxed my mustache straight out like salvador dali and then i have this this mullet that my friend caleb gave me just freehand, like his his clippers didn't have a guard or anything, so it's like it's crooked and bad. We live streamed it, um, <laughs> and that was a, that was a great experience. And then it wasn't actually; it was maybe like six months after that. I was at a a barber school, and she she asked me what I wanted, and I didn't care because I really don't care about my hair. And I was like, "Why don't you experiment the most ridiculous thing you can? You know, you haven't tried yet." And she ended up shaving a lightning bolt in the side of my head, which looked, which she screwed up. It looked really bad. Uh, it didn't really look like lightning bolt. It was huge and awkward. It was terrible. To be um, fair, it was a school. She was still learning. Oh yeah. 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 And I knew full, like when you sit down, when you go in, they tell you that, right? Yeah. You, you make it clear that, you know, they might screw up, which I don't she know did, if anybody know if everybody knows about that, that hack that you can go to barber school and get a cheap or free haircut. Yeah. And it was free. So I, you know, I have no complaints. Um, that night I had to perform in like a really, really, uh, uh, conservative Mennonite church and, uh, in Red Deer, Alberta. And so I ended up putting on a, a toque and just like, <laughs> I, wore my, I wore my toque the whole show, uh, which we were doing, like, uh, I forget what we were doing a story of the settlers maybe, or like it was some period piece. And I just, in that, in that context, I, I honestly thought it was better to like, just, wear a toque and look like an idiot uh look like a punk kid than to take it off and be like look at this weird looking bald spot on the side of my head well i think you made the right choice (laughs) yeah chalk that up on my list of bad performances (laughs) just another night on the stage (laughs) well kevin i think we done did it i think we done did a podcast and I would like to thank you for joining me this week. I would like to thank you for supporting the podcast uh, for so long and sending great questions in for all the, the other friends of the show. And now you're officially one of them. Friend of the show. Thank you. Llama in a tux. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. And now we'll do the thing where we say goodbye and I play the theme. So goodbye and thank you. Still such a jaunty tune. What a jaunty tune. You're playing funky beat over my wisdom? I, 
I love Shook. I don't. I love that. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoy this week's episode with Kevin. Do follow at Llama in a Tux on Twitter for great jokes and on Instagram for great pictures of those jokes. He is nice, and you definitely don't want to miss out on meeting up with him when he comes to your city. Fans of the podcast, follow at FOTSPod on Twitter. Mention this episode for a free follow back. Follow the account at SkinnerSteven as a gag. It'll be hilarious. And if you want more friends of the show, you can always head over to www.stevenwskinner.com for all of the old episodes, or check us out on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, I'm saying wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you to Ruby Coast for the music. Thank you to Kyle I. Davidson for the theme. And thank you very much for listening. I am Stephen W. Skinner. And have a great one. <laughs>